the Bible Study Podcast, episode 775. Today, the Bible Study Podcast continues the study of the book of Zephaniah with chapter 2. Before we start chapter 2, but I want to give you just a little bit of context here. We're going to talk about the nation, and it's going to imply here, if you look at Zephaniah chapter 2, they're going to say Judah. And one of the reasons that we know that this is Judah and not Israel, because remember when we were in the books of Jonah or Amos or Hosea or Micah or Isaiah, then you might be talking about Israel, or you might be talking about Judah, but the time that this is written here in the time of the King Josiah, uh, Israel is gone. Israel has disappeared from the scene. They've been taken off into Assyrian captivity, never to be heard from again. And that is true with a set of the prophets. Uh, that is true for the books of Nahum, uh, Joel, Zephaniah, Habakkuk, Jeremiah, and then also uh, Daniel, Obadiah, Ezekiel, and then some of the later prophets. And I'll put a timeline in this particular episode of the Bible Study Podcast. I'll put a link to a timeline so you can see where this fits in history. But I thought that would give you a little context here because we're going to start off here with Judah summoned to repent, but it's not going to mention Judah. And this is how we know they're talking about Judah. Chapter 2, gather together. Gather yourselves together, you shameful nation, before the decree takes effect, and that day passes like wind-blown chaff, before the Lord's fierce anger comes upon you, before the day of the Lord's wrath comes upon you. Seek the Lord, all you humble of the land, you who do what he commands. Seek righteousness, seek humility, perhaps you will be sheltered on the day of the Lord's anger. Now, you might think that the people of Judah, when a prophet comes to them, would remember what had happened relatively recently, about 70 years ago, to the people of Israel and might be paying a little more attention. And certainly Josiah, who is going to be the Josiah the Reformer here in a bit in this particular time period, will pay attention to the prophets and will pay attention to what's going on here. And so the people will, for a time, be faithful again. They will listen to the prophets. They will listen to the king And then, of course, they'll drift off again and drift into the Babylonian captivity. But it is easy for us to get distracted. It's easy for us to forget what we may have learned previously. And in the case of Judah, to get pulled into what everybody else around them is doing, uh, to pull in the worship of other gods, we've seen that throughout the prophets, but also just to get distracted by everyday life and to get pulled away from God. And that still happens to us today. And then it goes on and talks to some of the other nations in the area of Philistia. Gaza will be abandoned and Ashkelon left in ruins. At midday, Ashdod will be emptied and Ekron uprooted. Woe to you who live by the sea, you Carathite people. The word of the Lord is against you. Canaan, Lord of the Philistines, he said, I will destroy you and none will be left. The land by the sea will become pastures, having wells for shepherds and pens for flocks. The land will belong to the remnant of the people of Judah, where they will find pasture in the evening, they will lie down. In the houses of Ashkelon, the Lord their God will care for them. He will restore their fortunes. Now, it's interesting because 
we were just talking about Judah and Judah has got problems and judgment is coming. And yet the people of Philistia are told that the lands that they have will belong to the people of Judah. Well, is it necessarily next year? We probably are talking about when they come back from the captivity in Babylon. It's not clear here. It's not clear to the people, but it's basically a warning to the people of Philistia that God is against you. God is against what you are doing. And all that you have is going to be taken from you. And then it goes on and talks to Moab and Ammon. I've heard your insults of Moab and the taunts of the Ammonites, who insult my people and made threats against their land. Therefore, as surely as I live, declares the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, surely Moab will become like Sodom, the Ammonites like Gomorrah, a place of weeds and salt pits, a wasteland forever. The remnants of my people will plunder them. The survivors of my nation will inherit their land. This is what they get in return for their pride, for insulting and mocking the people of the Lord Almighty. The Lord will be awesome to them when he destroys all the gods of the earth. Distant nations will bow down to him, all of them in their own lands. Now, one of the things that's changed in terms of language here, and so we may have missed it, when it says the Lord will be awesome to them, we don't mean awesome like, well, that's really cool, that's really great. We mean awesome in the full literal sense of, there will be awe involved. When they see the power of God, they will be in awe. They will be humbled. And that is part of the problem that God has with the Moabites and the Ammonites here is that they have been prideful and then they've insulted the people of Judah. And one of the reasons why they probably insulted the people of Judah is the people of Judah are easy to insult at this time in their history. They are not powerful. They are not important from a geopolitical point of view. Right, The only thing that makes them important is this relationship with God, this relationship that's a bit frayed at the moment. And so it's easy for the neighbors to say, you know, hey, you may have been one thing. You may have been big back in the days of David and the days of Solomon, but you are so much smaller now. You are a tiny portion of what you used to be. Remember, 10 tribes are already gone, and it's just the two tribes of Judah and Benjamin that are here And so it's this small, relatively, as far as everyone could tell around them, unimportant place. And so they're being mocked. Now, of course, what the people of Ammon and the people of Moab are going to learn is that they're not unimportant. They are important to God and therefore very important. But they don't see that currently. And it's difficult for us to see with the eyes of God. And there are people around us who are important to God who we think are unimportant as well. And I would say that insulting and mocking is something that we may fall into easily as well. And God is apparently not so happy with that behavior. And to Cush, you Cushites too will be slain by my sword. Very succinct message to Cush. I don't know why Cush gets just a small little warning, but that's what they get. And then Assyria. Now Assyria is the important country at the time. The Assyria is the most important nation. They have just taken away Israel. But by the time of the Babylonian captivity, which isn't all that many years in the future, it's uh, really sort of two kings in the future with a couple minor kings in there. And in less than a hundred years, by the time we get to there, Assyria will be gone. Uh, 
Assyria is at a very important and very strong and powerful nation for not all that long on the stage here of the world. And so to Assyria, the prophet says, he will stretch out his hand against the north and destroy Assyria, leaving Nineveh utterly desolate and dry as the desert. Flocks and herds will lie down there, creatures of every kind. The desert owl and the screech owl will roost in her columns. Their hooting will echo through the windows. Rubble will find the door will fill the doorways. The beams of cedar will be exposed. This is the city of revelry that lived in safety. She said to herself, I am the one, and there is none beside me. What a ruin she has become, a lair for wild beasts. All who pass by her scoff and shake their fists. So far, there hasn't been any nation, any empire in the world that went on forever. The Assyrians learned this. The Babylonians learned this. The Persians learned this. The Greeks learned this. The Romans learned this. It should give us a little bit of humility if we think that we are the one and that we will go on forever. Because Assyria is being told here in a rather poetic way that their days are numbered. That soon there will be just the hooting of owls echoing through the windows and the rubbles that fill their doorways. And so that is something for us to take very seriously is that we won't necessarily go on forever as a nation. Things change. And things change not always for the better. Sometimes things change for the worse, especially for those who think too highly of themselves, as we learn from the Assyrians, as we learn from the Moabites and the Ammonites. And with that, we're going to end this episode of the Bible Study Podcast. If you have any questions, send an email to host at thebiblestudypodcast.com, or better yet, leave a comment on this episode at thebiblestudypodcast.com. And thanks so much for listening. I'm Billy Yancey, entrepreneur, fitness cowboy, father, retired Navy cornerback, and now podcast host. Listen to my new show, Billy and the Goat, on Life Audio. Happy listening.